Good evening. It is 5 p.m. on Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, and you're tuned in to CFRC 101.9 FM, broadcasting from Crowther's Hall on Queen's campus in Kingston, Ontario. I'm CFRC's broadcast journalist, Christina Laurie, and you're listening to Kingston Currents. CFRC's news programming is brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada, under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and the Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. In the next half hour, we will be talking about a new partnership between our public libraries and Kingston Economic Development, bringing business resources to the community in 2024, featuring an interview with Rob Tamblin with Kingston Economic Development. Next, CFRC sits down with QP representative Dave Virch to talk about a recent poll amongst hospital workers with concerning results. We'll be getting into a public meeting discussing the future of Lemoyne Point Farm taking place this evening, run through some updates and events from the city, and more. Kingston Economic Development partners with libraries to provide business resources to the community. Kicking off 2024 programming, Kingston Economic Development and Kingston Frontenac Public Library, KFPL, have partnered up to bring business resources to the Kingston community. Their new programming includes a series of workshops and a curated selection of books related to business. To chat about this collaboration, I sat down with Rob Tamblin, Business Development Manager with Kingston Economic Development. Just to jump right into it and get us started, would you like to introduce yourself and your role with Kingston Economic Development? Sure. Yeah. My name is Rob Tamblin. I am a business development manager here at Kingston Economic Development, and my responsibilities include uh, small and medium-sized businesses. Awesome. Thank you. And before we get into the programming itself, I was wondering if you could give us some background regarding how this partnership came about between Kingston Economic Development and KFPL. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're always looking to uh, forge new partnerships within the community. Um, and expand our outreach and some of the services that we do offer. And the library was a natural fit for this. So obviously, they have different branches across the city. Um, you know, our office is downtown. And uh, if we're able to, you know, reach a wider audience by moving ourselves around, then we're happy to do so. Mm, absolutely. And getting into the details of the programming, well, I believe you have monthly workshops, a business book club, and you yeah. have a whole curated section of business-related books. Let's start with the workshop. So sure. who is this programming geared towards and what will people be able to take away from these sessions? Uh, yeah, so we offer a series of workshops on a, on a regular basis um, ourselves. So this is just kind of augmenting what we already do. Um, the workshops themselves are any, so the two that we're, we're actually going to be hosting at the, uh, at the library. The first one is about the, your digital presence. So any, any small business looking to, you know, learn a little bit more about some of the tools that are out there uh, in their the digital world um, or looking to expand their reach. Um, that would be a great one for them to go to. Uh, and then we're also hosting, oh, and that one's ho being hosted every second Tuesday of each month. Um, and then the one at the, uh, uh, is going to be, the second one is every uh, fourth Thursday and it focuses on entrepreneurship. So, a lot of the consultations that we have here at the office are about businesses who people coming in looking, thinking that they've got a business idea, but they want to validate it. They want to, you know, check with somebody else to see if what they're thinking makes sense. Uh, or they're already involved with a side hustle and they're thinking that they might be able to take it to the next step and uh, and start, you know, kind of making a living uh, at doing that. So um, that session really is geared to any of those 
new entrepreneurs or people thinking about getting into business. Um, and we've got, uh, as I said, that's the uh, the fourth Thursday of every month at the library. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Sounds like there's a, a wide range of programming. I feel like the library is kind of the perfect place for it to be able to sort of reach into the community a little further. Yeah. And especially, so the, the, the one down here on, on Johnson street, I mean, it's got some amazing um, spaces that, uh, that, you know, I think part of the ability or part of the program is, is actually kind of opening up those spaces and letting the community know that they, that they do exist and that they're are available to use. So I, I think it's a win for both of us. Um, and, you know, depending on how well the sessions go, we can always expand um, the offerings that that we are uh, currently doing at the, the library and adding to those as, as we move forward. Tamblin also got into the Business Book Club, now available at KFPL. If you go to the uh, library's website, they do have the current list of books. So they have a great selection of books that are geared specifically to businesses. Um, and and I think that they really kind of wanted to promote that. So we had to look at some of the ones that were available from a staff perspective. And some of our staff have made recommendations. I think there's nine books there now. Um, but we'll continue to add to that as the months progress. So yeah, there's uh, there's some really good um, some some good uh, books there that uh, provide a lot of insight on a variety of topics. Awesome, yeah. Okay, so I believe people can visit kfpl.ca for that curated book selection. My first thought was just that must have been such a fun process to be able to pick out all your favorites and create that resource for the community. Yeah, one hundred percent, and and it's really different uh, because you know there's uh, there's a, a lot of different perspectives here at the office, and a lot of people working on different uh, different projects or different segments. So it's good to kind of get some of the things that they're reading uh, out in front of the community as well. So I think uh, it, it's it's really uh, it's been kind of fun to do that. So folks can check out that business section, sign up for workshops, uh, investkingston.ca slash events. First one is January 9th, improving your digital presence. Uh, did you have anything else to share about these upcoming events or any recommendations for folks to keep up with Kingston Economic Development? No, I, I think you said it right there. Um, if they want to, uh, yeah, take a look at our events page. Um, and if there's other topics that they want to see us deliver, uh, you know, in terms of workshops in uh, at the library, then please uh, reach out to us and let us know. We'd be happy to consider everything. Public meeting to discuss future of Lemoyne Point Farm. A public meeting is being hosted on Tuesday to discuss the future of Lemoyne Point Farm. Lemoyne Point Farm is an 82-acre property just south of the Lemoyne Point Conservation Area, a prime waterfront location that is host to sustainably managed local farmland and various other features which support a huge amount of biodiversity. The passing of previous owner Mary Fraser in April 2022 has left the Lemoyne Point Farm in limbo. Mary's friends have stated that she wanted the farm to be conserved and protected from development. With concerns that the farm could be up for sale any day now, the seven-member group Save Lemoyne Point Farm was formed. The group, along with their many supporters, including No Clear Cuts Kingston, The Land Conservancy for Kingston, Turtles Kingston, The Tragically Hip, and Loving Spoonful, aims to preserve the farm fields, meadows, forest, shoreline, and all that makes up the stunning site. The group is hoping that the city of Kingston will purchase the land and preserve the site. This Tuesday, the group is opening up the floor to all interested community members to share their ideas for the future of the farm. Jim B.I.G., a member of the Save Lemoyne Point Farm Group, states, quote, We want to hear people's ideas for the property. We believe that it is important to conserve this farmland and waterfront so close to the heart of the city. We are inviting people to join us to imagine its best future, end quote. 
The meeting is set to include an overview of the farm's history, the current zoning laws and land restrictions, as well as brainstorming amongst attendees and opportunities to share ideas for the future of the farm. BIG states, quote, we're hoping the meeting is full of people bringing their ideas and curiosity. We will report back on what we hear. Let's see how we can make dreams become a reality, end quote. The public meeting will be held at Center 70 on Tuesday, January 9th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Those interested in attending can register on Eventbrite. Before we get into more headlines, I'm going to pass it to Chloe Paris with our CFRC weather and traffic report for this evening. This is Chloe Paris coming in with your CFRC weather and traffic report for Tuesday, January 9th. For weather tonight, there will be periods of rain with a low of plus one. On Wednesday, the 10th of January, weather will consist of cloudy skies with a 60% chance of showers and a high of plus four. In the evening, it will remain cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries and a low of minus four. Please note that the winter parking ban will be in effect as of January 1st, 2024. Motorists are advised that overnight on-street parking is not permitted during the months of January and February. Public Services and Procurement Canada, also known as PSPC, wishes to advise motorists of an alternating lane closure on LaSalle Causeway for major rehabilitation during the following period of Wednesday, November 1st, 2023 to Tuesday, April 30th, 2024. During this period, one lane will be closed and one lane will remain open for alternating traffic. Motorists should expect short delays. Access will be maintained for pedestrians and cyclists. PSPC encourages users to exercise caution when traveling on the bridge and thanks them for their patience. Road closures, University Avenue, Union to Earl is closed until May 29th for the removal of debris from the demolition and concrete deliveries at the Queen's John Dutch University Center project. In other delays, Queen Street, Montreal to Sydenham, expect an eastbound lane closure until April 1st, 2024. Detours will be in place for the duration of the lane closure. That wraps up your weather and traffic report for Tuesday, January 9th and Wednesday, January 10th. Now I'm throwing it back to Christina with more local news. Thank you, Chloe. Late last week, CUPE's Ontario Council of Hospital Unions presented the worrying findings of a new poll among 750 hospital workers in Kingston and across Ontario, revealing the mental tax of the work environment on employees and suggesting the staffing crisis in hospitals will worsen without correction by the Ford government. In the results, it was revealed 43% of staff say they, quote, dread going to work, and 90% express a lack of confidence in the government's plan to improve public health care. To discuss these findings, I sat down with Dave Verge, first vice president of CUPE's Ontario Council of Hospital Unions. Here's what he had to say. To start us off, would you like to introduce yourself and share a little bit about your organization as well? Yeah, sure. My name is Dave Virch. I'm a uh, I'm the first vice president for QP's Ontario Council of Hospital Unions. I'm also an RPN who's worked in the uh, public healthcare system now for 35 years. A little bit about our organization. We represent 50,000 healthcare workers from across the province, uh, everywhere from RPNs to PSWs to environmental services, food services, porters, clerks, trades. We really are the meat and potatoes of a hospital. Perfect. Thank you very much. I was wondering if you could run us through some of the key results of the poll amongst Kingston's healthcare workers that you announced on Thursday. 
Sure. So yeah, we commissioned Nanos to do a poll for us uh, earlier uh, at the end of 2023. And the numbers that came in from Kingston were quite alarming, as long as as well as the numbers throughout the whole province. But actually, Kingston's numbers were slightly higher than our provincial average. Um, some of the highlights or lowlights, as I should say, is 44% of uh, healthcare workers in Kingston are considering or somewhat considering leaving their job within the next year. That's a, a stark number. Mm-hmm. I mean, if four in 10 healthcare workers were to leave, um, it would have a devastating effect on the uh, healthcare for, for especially Kingston residents. Um, some of the other issues where where were quite alarming were 90% uh, of respondents said they are not confident or somewhat not confident that the government will improve healthcare over the next year. You know, that that's telling us that healthcare workers Losing hope in our system, and I really think that's what's driving the uh, the potential exodus from our healthcare system. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and um, I believe the survey also it was mentioned that the supplements research that you've done as well, um, warning of a staffing crisis in the hospital sector. I was wondering if you could get into some of the specific impacts this can have or already has had in Kingston. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say our, our healthcare system has been under crisis now for for several years, and we knew it was bad. I mean, myself, I've been away from the bedside for the last year and a half, and uh, when I was at the bedside, I was experiencing the shortages on a daily basis. We were counting heads to see if we had enough healthcare workers to cover the needs of our patients. This is absolutely true in Kingston. I think it's true everywhere where we're seeing the you know healthcare workers coming into work, and they already know that they're going to be short-staffed. The workloads are going to jump dramatically. And, you know, there is only so much time in a day. So you're prioritizing, you know, the patient's needs. But inevitably, if you're doubling your person's workload, you know, there's really a lot of dissatisfaction from healthcare workers that they're just not able to Mm -hmm. do the job that they've been trained to do. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And do you find, well, this, of course, was a problem before COVID, during COVID. But in the last year, it seems to have just had this exponential rise. I was wondering if you could speak a bit to that. Yeah, well, during COVID, uh, there was an uh, an increased bump in funding from the government to deal with some of those pressures. Unfortunately, that funding has gone away. And actually looking forward, it's estimated that the government of Ontario will only plan to increase its uh, healthcare budget spending by 0.5%. We know healthcare uh, inflation alone is running 5.6%. So in real terms, that's a dollar cut out of our out of our healthcare system. Um, speaking of in Kingston alone, I, I believe there's some restrictions at, at one of the sites or in their emergency department that they only see a certain number of patients a day. Mm-hmm. And you know, once they've hit that quota, you know, th- those patients, the the doors are basically shuttered. So we've had over 850 ER closures across the province. You know, with this funding increase from the government of only 0.5%, we can only see that things are going to get worse. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you've spoken a bit to how this is going to impact hospitals, but I was wondering for workers, how is this feeling reflected in their day to day? Well, I think I think it really comes to the point where where they are losing hope and they don't mm-hmm. see the, the there's going to be positive changes um, and they are, you know, they're making the tough decision to leave. We know turnover rates are currently around 10 percent. Um, these are historically high and they have been historically high since COVID has hit. Um you know, healthcare workers are leaving. They're not being replaced at at a rate, and they're these are experienced healthcare workers, and they're going to be needed there to bring in the new students, to bring in foreign workers who are entering into our healthcare system. We need these people there to mentor um, the new recruits that are coming in. So we really do need the government to step up and have a recruitment and retention 
um, strategy that will, will, will actually stand the bleeding of these staff. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And you're mentioning that feeling of hopelessness, that feeling that people can't rely on the government to improve the situation. I was wondering, um, what are some of the key areas where the current plan is going wrong? So, well, we're actually currently in bargaining with the Ontario Hospital Association, and we are bringing solutions forward. One of, one of our solutions is uh, a staff to patient ratio. Now, this is something that was just recently introduced by the British Columbia government. We're strongly encouraging the Ontario government to take follow its lead. Um, it's a model that's been in existence in California for over two decades. Um, research has shown that you get better patient uh, outcomes, higher patient satisfaction, higher staff satisfaction, because now they have a, a ability to work within their scope, do, do the duties that are needed in that job, and, uh, and feel like they're actually accomplishing something. And did you have any other uh, first steps that can be taken to improve the situation? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. Uh, so we are calling upon the government to uh, increase health care spending funding by $1.25 billion per year for the next four years. And that's on top of inflation. That could be used to staff up our hospitals, you know, um, better compensation for healthcare workers, create more capacity within our healthcare system. And you know, it, it, it's it's a large ask. It sounds, you know, $1.25 billion. But I will point out that the government currently has a contingency fund with $5.4 billion in it. This is something that the, that the Ford government could do tomorrow. We just need, uh, you know, people to speak up, the public to speak up, let this government know that healthcare is a priority and that uh, they demand better. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And where can people keep up with your organization and support you in the future with these efforts? We do have a website. It's uh, ochu, O-C-H-U um, dot C-A. Uh, we have a website that's there. Um, we also work, uh, you know, we work closely with uh, with uh, the Ontario Health Coalition, um, with our brother and sister unions at ONA and OPSU and SEIU and Unifor. Um, we are quite a united front and, uh, you know, we're trying to bring these issues to light. So hopefully we can improve a healthcare system that that's really needs to heal. City, Utilities Kingston, and Kingston Fire and Rescue share snow and ice safety reminders. Winter is here! The City, Utilities Kingston, and Kingston Fire and Rescue urge you to review these winter-related safety tips. Number 1. Be a good neighbor. Show your family, friends, and neighbors you care about their comfort and safety. Keep your sidewalk and neighborhood catch basin clear of snow and ice. Be safe around snowplows. Drivers, stay three car lengths behind a snowplow to allow for a safe stopping distance. Never cut off a snowplow. Pedestrians and caregivers, assume the snowplow driver has not seen you. If you see a snowplow, move off the sidewalk and into a yard where you can be seen. Do not play on or make forts or tunnels in roadside snowbanks. Never approach a snowplow, even when it has stopped. You can go to cityofkingston.ca snow to find out about city snow clearing standards and priorities and read their frequently asked questions. Number three, keep gas meters clear. Although your outdoor gas meter is designed to withstand winter weather, heavy or hard packed snow and ice can be a safety hazard. Keep snow and ice from building up on and covering your meter. Concerned Utilities Kingston customers can call the 24 hour line at 613-546-1181 or visit utilitieskingston.com for tips and information. Concerned Enbridge customers can call its emergency line at 1-877-969-0999. 
Number four, keep outside exhaust vents, such as those for gas-fired furnaces or water heaters cleared of snow or ice. Number five, ensure fire hydrants and fire department connections are visible. We thank residents and building owners who take the time to clear snow and ice from fire hydrants and fire department connections. This assists firefighters in the event of an emergency. Number six, clear snow and ice from fire escapes, exit doors, and other emergency exit points to allow for a safe exit in the event of an emergency. Number seven, place garbage and recycling where it can be clearly seen and safely collected. Please do not place garbage bags in containers, recycling boxes, or green bins on top of snowbanks. Choose a collection area at a safe and visible ground level location on the boulevard closest to the curb, or on the right side of the end of your driveway or walkway. Another option is to create a shelf in the snowbank that provides the collector with easy access to your waste containers. Keep a path from the road to your collectibles clear of snow and ice. Safe placement helps avoid injury. Number eight, be aware of winter parking restrictions. The city is currently piloting a weather-based winter parking program. During the months of January and February, no overnight on-street parking is permitted. This bylaw ensures that cars are kept off the streets so that snowplows can effectively respond to weather events. You can be fined and towed for violating the bylaw. Please note that parking in the middle of a cul-de-sac is also prohibited at all times. Number nine, businesses keep sidewalks clear of hazardous snow and ice. If you front onto public sidewalks, you must remove any snow or ice, including rooftop snow, ice, or icicles hazardous to pedestrians. As soon as is practical, but in any event, not later than 12 hours after the end of the precipitation that caused the snow and ice. Those who don't will be charged the cost of clearing and could face a fine of up to $5,000. It is also illegal to move snow onto streets or sidewalks. Number 10, prevent water from freezing around electrical lines. Keep your eaves troughs free of debris so water runs safely away before it freezes. Ice can build up where overhead electric service wires attach to your home, a dangerous and costly situation. Consider that the root of the problem may be poor attic insulation. Never attempt to clear ice from or around electrical service wires yourself. Concerned Utilities Kingston customers can call the 24-hour line at 613-546-1181 and Concerned Hydro One customers can call 1-800-434-1235, available 24 hours a day. Number 11, remove icicles hazardous to pedestrians. Every building owner slash occupant in Kingston must remove the snow and ice, including icicles, from the roof of their building when it poses an immediate danger to pedestrians. Those who do not will be charged the cost of clearing the icicles and could face a fine of up to $5,000. Number 12, during prolonged extreme cold spells, take steps to prevent water lines from freezing. Go to utilitieskingston.com slash water slash frozen services to see if your pipes are at risk of freezing and the steps that building owners can take to help prevent freezing pipes. The webpage also explains the processes and responsibilities involved if your water service does freeze. And finally, number 13, follow plow progress with their plow tracker. Review road and sidewalk plow progress before you go using the city's plow tracker and better plan your routes. Snow Social set to take over Sydenham in South Frontenac. There will be snow much fun on Saturday, January 20th, when South Frontenac Township's Snow Social takes over the village of Sydenham, just 20 minutes north of Kingston. This free family festival is in its second year and is taking place from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. throughout the village. The festival features a full lineup of musical acts playing at both indoor and outdoor venues, including Vaughn Evans, Andrew Van Horn from the Celtic Kitchen Party, and Chris Murphy and Jess Wedden on the outdoor stage under the Big Tent, as well as Evan Jackson, Whiskey Smoke, and Towns indoors in the historic Sydenham Legion Hall. For kids and young families, there will be horse-drawn wagon rides through the village, snow tubing, face painting, storytelling, and a special comedy magic show at Sydenham Library. 
Lowborough Public School will be the site of a vendor and craft fair, and the Point Park will feature various food vendors on site. Mayor Vandewal states, quote, Our recreation and events team have done a great job of choosing activities this year that aren't dependent on the weather and that will appeal to all ages and interests. We have a fantastic musical lineup and many indoor activities for kids and for families who want to get out and enjoy the winter. There will be lots of outdoor activities like snow tubing, wagon rides, fire pits, games, and more." End quote. New this year are activities organized by the Kingston Forest and Nature School. Events backed by popular demand include a guided bird walk, indigenous teachings around the fire, and the Elements Fitness and Wellness Obstacle Course. Snow Social is made possible by local businesses who sponsor the event service clubs and agencies that have partnered with the township to provide programming, and volunteers. While the festival is free, donations will be accepted. There is free parking at Sydenham High School and Lowborough Public School and limited parking at the Point Park and Sydenham Library. Families are asked to dress warm and not to park on village streets for safety reasons and to allow room for wagon rides. More activities are being added. To see a full list of events, you can visit southfrontnet.net slash snowsocial. Mayor invites the community to New Year's Levy Celebrate 2024 at City Hall on January 9. All residents of Kingston are invited to mix and mingle with Mayor Brian Patterson, City Councilors, Ted Shu, Member of Provincial Parliament, and Mark Gerritsen, Member of Federal Parliament at the 2024 New Year's Levy. This year's event will be held tomorrow from 5 to 7 p.m. That's Tuesday, January 9th in Memorial Hall, located in City Hall at 216 Ontario Street. Donations of non-perishable food items will be graciously accepted for the Partners in Mission Food Bank. A list of the most needed food items is available on the Partners in Mission Food Bank website. Mayor Patterson states, quote, the New Year's levy is an opportunity for residents to meet local officials, enjoy refreshments, and engage in conversations with fellow community members. I hope to see many of you at the beautiful Memorial Hall to kick off the new year. The event will also feature a New Year's welcome from the town crier and a new poem from the city's poet laureate. Updated information will be shared on the event page on the City of Kingston's website. After the New Year's levy, City Council will also be sitting down for their first meeting of 2024. Pitch your big idea for the 2024 Mayor's Innovation Challenge. Do you know a student with a big idea? To make Kingston a better place, encourage them to apply for the 2024 Mayor's Innovation Challenge. In partnership with Queen's University, St. Lawrence College, and the Royal Military College, the Mayor's Innovation Challenge provides a unique opportunity for current or recently graduated post-secondary students to apply their knowledge to real-world issues and help shape the future of Kingston. The winning teams will have an opportunity to gain valuable experience through paid internships with the City of Kingston, or a chance to turn their idea into a business venture, with seed funding from the Queen's Innovation Center. Mayor Brian Patterson states, quote, I'm thrilled to kick off the new year by launching applications for the 7th Annual Mayor's Innovation Challenge. Year after year, we've seen this competition prompt inspiring and thoughtful proposals from post-secondary students in Kingston. I look forward to seeing how this year's applicants use creative problem solving to meet existing challenges and find new opportunities to enhance our community, end quote. Students are invited to develop a two to three minute video proposal to present an innovative project that enhances the quality of life of Kingston residents or develops new ways to enhance the delivery of municipal services. Teams with proposals that are shortlisted will be invited to present their ideas at the pitch competition on March 8th at City Hall to a panel of leaders with expertise in municipal government, entrepreneurship, and innovation. Upcoming key dates, interested participants can register for one of the following workshops. Thursday, January 5th at Mitchell Hall, Queen's University from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., Tuesday, January 30th at Innovation Hub, St. Lawrence College from 3 to 5 p.m., and Sunday, February 25th is the deadline for proposals at 11.59 p.m., Tuesday, February 27th, the shortlist 
finalists will be invited to the student pitch competition, and Friday, March 8th, the student pitch competition will take place at City Hall. To learn more about the Mayor's Innovation Challenge, you can visit cityofkingston.ca slash MIC or email MIC at cityofkingston.ca. And a message from the Kingston Frontenac Public Library, Growing Up Human Returns, spotlighting bullying awareness and resources. Growing Up Human, a collaborative initiative between the Child and Adolescent Development Research Group at Queen's University and the Kingston Frontenac Public Library is set to return in 2024. The series begins with an engaging session, reading into bullying, defining childhood bullying, and related supportive resources. Parents and caregivers attending the session, featuring a presentation by PhD candidate and teaching fellow Kyla Main, can expect to gain a comprehensive understanding of childhood bullying. This knowledge will empower them to actively contribute to creating a supportive environment for their children. This event is scheduled for January 16th from 2 to 3 p.m. at the Central Branch. It is designed to provide practical insights into identifying signs of bullying, addressing its root causes, and fostering resilience in young minds. Attendees will be able to explore existing resources to combat this critical issue. Registration is required and can be completed at calendar.kfpl.ca. Jake Miller, librarian and adult programming, states, quote, Growing Up Human is a series dedicated to bridging research with community engagement, offering valuable perspectives on child and adolescent development. The wealth of expertise within our community is a valuable resource, assisting educators, researchers, and caregivers in preparing the next generation for challenges ahead, end quote. That is all things current in Kingston for this week. Thank you for listening to CFRC's local news programming. Brought to you by the generous support of the Community Radio Fund of Canada under the Local Journalism Initiative, Queen's University Career Services, What Will I Wear at 732 Princess Street, and the Screening Room at ScreeningRoomKingston.com. To hear more from CFRC's news team, be sure to tune in at 5pm tomorrow for Today in YGK, or head to our podcast network at podcast.cfrc.ca. Be sure to stay tuned for more CFRC programming coming up next. What'll I Wear offers the best in vintage, funky, one-of-a-kind treasures, clothing, accessories, and a fabulous selection of jewels, vintage and new. Find the cutest purse, the most dashing of hats, and sunglasses. Everything to complete your individual look. What'll I Wear has it all. They can dress you from top to bottom. Find your new fashion fave at What'll I Wear at 732 Princess Street in Kingston. Visit their new location and follow them on Facebook to keep up to date with what's in store at What'll I Wear.